How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hi, everybody. This is Helena Hart, and welcome to another live broadcast of my Master Your Magnetism podcast. I'm here with my husband, Tom, today. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. We did a live stream over on my YouTube channel over the weekend on how to be a priority to a man, not an option. We shared seven steps that always work. And we got a lot of requests during that live stream for a podcast episode on this topic specifically. So today we're going to be talking about some misconceptions or myths about feminine energy. We'll be sharing five misconceptions that actually turn men off and push them away. And we'll also be sharing five true feminine qualities that bring a man closer and make him fall in love. Everyone wanted to get a man's perspective on this topic. So we've actually been wanting to talk about this for a while because I know there's a lot of information about feminine energy out there, and it can be a little bit confusing. So let's just dive right in. The first misconception or myth about feminine energy is that feminine energy means just letting a man do whatever he wants or come and go as he pleases. And you just have to lean back and wait around for him, basically. Like you're at the whim of whether or not a man is going to text you or stay in contact with you. And you just need to lean back and wait. And this couldn't be further from the truth. Personally, I don't think you should really ever wait for a man. Something I say a lot is your mentality should be you're an empowered feminine woman. You're moving forward with or without this guy. And you know and trust that the right guy is going to jump on that path with you if he's truly interested. But I would love to get a man's perspective on this. What do you think? Right. I think you can trust that the right man will pursue you. And the act of waiting um, with some intent of applying a strategy is actually an example of masculine energy. It's not a sign of feminine energy. So true. And I see some people joining live on Bullhorn. So feel free to say hi in the chat. Let us know where you're watching from. And if you have any questions, type those in and we'll get to those at the end. So the second misconception that we wanted to share regarding feminine energy is that it means being quote unquote girly or perky or upbeat or always having a smile on your face. I think that's probably one of the most common misconceptions, the, the trait that's confused with feminine energy. Um, if those things are just a projection and are not actually aligned with what you feel internally, they're not aligned with your emotions, then that is in fact not a representation of feminine energy, right? Absolutely. Feminine energy is simply the part of yourself and the part of a man, men have feminine energy too, that's connected to your emotions and being able to experience the moment. We'll talk a little bit about that when we share the true feminine qualities that you want to embody. 
It's simply being able to express yourself authentically. I know I get comments on my YouTube channel all the time about how I should be wearing soft pink clothing or a flowery blouse. And the truth is I'm just not really a flowery blouse kind of girl, you know? I mean, right now I'm wearing a black workout tank top. And so it has nothing to do with how you look on the outside. We had the example we wanted to share about the two family members. Maybe we should share that as we get into this next one as well. I have, you know, there's sisters, two women in my family. We won't say exactly who it is, but they're both in their 60s, just a couple years apart. And one exudes a lot of feminine energy, but she's kind of a tomboy, very short hair, doesn't care at all about hair or makeup or clothing. She just kind of dresses for comfort, but her energy is extremely laid back, go with the flow. She, you can just feel her in her feminine energy. She's been married for, you know, 35 plus years, I believe, and has grandchildren. And the other one, these two are sisters, is a little more into the hair and the clothing, definitely looks a lot more feminine but exudes a lot of masculine energy by doing a lot of things. I know we're getting into number three. Should we just move into number three? Sure. So the third misconception involves feminine energy, meaning doing things like cooking and cleaning and nurturing. So the woman in my family who's, that I'm explaining in this example, she's so sweet and so helpful, but she always wants to help and kind of insert herself. And, and she does a lot of doing and giving and those aren't bad things. She's very sweet and very likable, but she looks more feminine on the outside, but she's exuding a lot more masculine energy. It's just an energetic thing that you can feel right away. Right. Right. And I think that the, um, the reason why that misconception is important is because men ultimately fall in love with a woman for who they are, not what they do. It doesn't mean that the things that they do are not important, but it's ultimately who the person is that the man falls in love with. And that brings us to the fourth misconception regarding feminine energy, which is that it means being weak or passive. And in fact, it has nothing to do with being like a damsel in distress, right? Absolutely. Those signs, like lacking the motivation to take care of yourself or thinking that you just have to be this damsel in distress in order for a guy to come rescue you, are actually signs of someone in her wounded feminine energy. And if you're in your wounded feminine energy, you are in danger of attracting a man who's in his wounded masculine energy, someone who's very controlling and manipulative or perhaps narcissistic. So someone more on the wounded masculine side tends to be more narcissistic or controlling like that. Someone more on the wounded feminine side tends to be more codependent. Right. And it'd probably be helpful to explain here that someone in their empowered masculine energy is giving freely of themselves without trying to get something in return or control the situation. Right. It's the part of yourself and the part of a man who takes care of things, gets things done, makes decisions, scheduling, all those things that run your life. It's very useful in work or raising kids, right? You want to be in your empowered masculine and your empowered feminine, which is what we're going to explain in the second part of this broadcast. So um, I know one of the things that you've mentioned before is that sometimes people will make a statement that men are intimidated by them because they are independent and ambitious woman. And 
I think that that is sort of always wrapped up in this idea of the being weak or passive association with feminine energy, when in fact, it's very possible to be an independent and ambitious woman, but demonstrate uh, feminine energy. It's not in fact that they're intimidated if you are an independent and ambitious woman. It's more often, I think, the case that those men may be sort of turned away by the masculine energy that you may exude at times if you're a person who is trying to take take action, take control of a relationship, those sorts of behaviors that are actually, in fact, associated with masculine energy, but do not necessarily have anything to do with being independent or ambitious. Yes. Okay. So it sounds like what you're saying is the problem happens when, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being independent, ambitious, driven, successful. I would say I'm all of those things, don't you think? And oh, you know, didn't like need a man to take care of me in any way, financially or emotionally, physically or otherwise. But a lot of times, you know, women who are constantly in that energy tend to take all of that amazing masculine energy that works great in work or in other areas of their life. And they turn it on to a man by constantly trying to make things happen, right? Moving things forward, constantly being the planner and the scheduler and the doer in the relationship. And basically that makes it as easy as possible for a man. So it's not that he's intimidated by a woman like that. He's just not attracted (laughs) to her. It's kind of a hard pill to swallow, but it's like that deep desire to pursue her and come closer just kind of gets diminished when a woman takes over all of that masculine role in the relationship. Right. 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 So that brings us to the fifth misconception or myth about feminine energy. And that is simply that you can never initiate with a man because that's masculine. I'm saying that in air quotes, right? A lot of people think, oh, you know, leaning forward and initiating with a man. I can't do that because isn't that masculine? And the truth is it's all about the energy behind it, being strategic about when to text a man, how long to wait before responding. That's all masculine energy. I actually have a video on my YouTube channel called Four Ways to Initiate with a Man While Staying in Your Feminine Energy. Something I always say is that if you're feeling really confident. If you know this guy is crazy about you and his energy has been coming towards you and he's not going anywhere, you can do whatever you want. You can literally do anything you want. If you're not attached to the outcome, you can call a guy up, you can invite him over. I mean, if I had done those things early on when we were dating, I mean, I would text you first all the time, right? Right. (laughs) Did that push you away at all? Did you feel like I was kind of crowding you out? No. No, because the energy that you had behind that was well understood. I also understood, for example, that if I was applying some sort of a strategy or I was trying to wait a particular amount of time or I was sort of hot and cold or something that didn't align with the way that you were approaching the situation, that you wouldn't have waited around. You would have moved on. So whether or not you were initiating a text message or something like that. Every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Didn't affect my understanding of how you were approaching our relationship with a an openness 
and a receptiveness that was indicative of feminine energy. Right. I mean, had I been blowing up your phone 12 hours a day when you were at work, you know, I just wouldn't do that. There's no need for me to do that. Right. So I would say that I allowed you to pursue me, but I knew how you felt about me. I knew that you weren't going anywhere. So with the right person, these little things here and there, like the minutia of, oh my gosh, I just texted him two times in a row or the little details don't matter. You can't really mess things up when this energy dynamic is functioning the way it's supposed to and a man's truly interested and pursuing you right right exactly yeah and I think the the reason we wanted to share these misconceptions is because there is often a misassociation of behaviors and attributes that are commonly maybe associated with women or, or girls that get assigned the feminine label or feminine energy label But feminine energy is really, you can think of it as a convention. Both men and women can obviously display and embody feminine and masculine energy at times. And it's necessary in a relationship to be able to do both. So we wanted to share a few true feminine traits. And the first one is trusting and not blindly trusting but trusting yourself not to stay in bad situations or situations that don't feel right to you. Along with that is the idea of allowing. And that, again, does not mean blindly allowing or allowing somebody to run all over you or something like that. It means allowing rather than forcing. It means that you are at a place where you can trust yourself to not be in a bad situation and to get out of something that doesn't feel right so that you are open and allowing rather than trying to force or manipulate. Yeah. Trusting and allowing are very feminine energy qualities, empowered feminine energy qualities. They're not very much talked about, but they're so important. I actually see a question in the chat from Ella who says, hi from Montreal. I would like to know about trusting, how to practice trust and release on everyday moments. So hopefully what we're sharing here is helpful. I'm actually going to be doing another live broadcast on Friday, this Friday at five o'clock PM Eastern time, two o'clock Pacific on trusting and surrendering and releasing, tapping into your intuition and responding to your intuition from that place. So that should be helpful. If you have any specific questions about that, that's this Friday. But for now, yeah, it's not about just blindly trusting any guy that comes along, especially if he hasn't shown you with his actions that he's a trustworthy person, but it's about trusting yourself. You don't really ever have to worry about trusting a man for the most part, as long as you trust yourself and your own feelings and trust that if there's a red flag or if something doesn't feel right, you're going to take a step back or get yourself out of there. I get questions all the time from women who don't trust themselves because maybe in the past they put themselves in situations with men over and over where they ended up getting hurt or they stayed in situations way too long which we all have. We've all been there, right? So it's about trusting yourself, which is what allows you to see the men who are trustworthy and attract someone who you can actually trust. So hopefully that answered your question. If you have any more specifics, let us know. I see some other questions too, and we'll get to those all at the end. And that brings us to the second true feminine trait that you want to be embodying, and that is presence. 
presence is so important. It's so difficult, especially if you're like us and you have a lot going on in your life and you're really busy. Being in the moment is so important, really experiencing the moment, slowing down the tempo of every moment when you're with a man, or you could practice this by yourself or when you're with friends or family or even your pets or your children, slowing down the tempo of every moment so you can actually experience it while it's happening rather than being up in your head thinking about what this guy thinks of you or whether or not he likes you. How's he feeling? What should I say next in this conversation? What can I do to make him more attracted to me? <laughs> All of those things when you're feeling that and thinking that you're up in your head. But when you're in the moment, a man can actually connect with you. He can connect with your heart. And that's when a man can truly fall in love. When you're up in your head, overthinking, overanalyzing a situation, a man cannot connect with you or fall for you when you're in that place. But when you're in the moment, in your body, really experiencing what's going on between the two of you, feeling the air on your skin, really listening to him, listening to the music or taking in the movie you're watching. When you're in the moment like that, that's what truly makes a man feel connected to you. But I'd love to hear a man's perspective on that one. Right. I think that's one of the things that's difficult sometimes to define how to do that. It's easy to say, be in the moment and not be in your head. And I think everyone is always thinking about things or slightly distracted or whatever. And it's hard to describe the difference. But once you are able to do this, the difference is very easy to feel. I think it's attractive to men because they feel as though they are important and that they are being received in that moment, which is actually the third true feminine trait that we wanted to share, receiving or receptiveness. I think that it's attractive because if men feel as though there is a true openness and curiosity about what they are bringing genuinely to a situation, it allows them to open up and feel comfortable. And that allows them to feel as though they are in that moment with you and not disconnected, right? Absolutely. Yes. That open and curious energy. I know it can be difficult to do this, especially like if you're online dating, that's how we met. And maybe you've been on 20 bad online dates, right? Or maybe you're jaded from something that's happened to you in your past, or you're just hyper vigilant and on guard. Men can feel that when you're open and receptive to them versus when you're shut down or interrogating them or just looking to them to fill a role. This goes back to the first one, trusting. If you trust yourself, that's what allows you to have this open, curious, receptive energy. That's what allows the right guy to get close to you. If you have walls around yourself, the right guy just can't get in. If he, if he can't get to you emotionally and feel who you truly are and you're feeling who he truly is, he might be attracted to you. He might pursue you for a little while, but eventually if he just keeps smacking up against your walls, he's going to give up and drift away. Right. 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 Is there anything else you want to say on that or should I move into number four? I think we can move into number four, which actually follows very well from number three. Number three receiving kind of leads into number four. Yeah, totally. So number four is authenticity, feeling what you're feeling and 
being able to express that authentically through your words and your body language. So it's really important that what you're feeling on the inside is being accurately conveyed on the outside with your words and your body language. There are so many examples of this. It can be so easy when you're feeling triggered or upset to kind of shut down and say, no, I'm fine. But that's kind of terrifying. I know you've probably been around both men and women who shut down like that. And you want to remain open as best you can, even in those tricky moments when you're not feeling so good, you can still say, I'm feeling a little triggered. I'm feeling a little upset. I think I need to take a break from this conversation. We can come back to it later rather than just pretending that you're okay. Another example would be if you're feeling nervous or anxious, just saying, wow, I'm feeling a little nervous right now. That's incredibly attractive. It's actually a huge sign of confidence because truly confident people are comfortable in their own skin. They don't need to pretend to be secure and confident. They just are that. So they can actually be authentic and let someone see almost like a window in to what's going on with them. Incredibly attractive. I think that's what makes a man feel comfortable to start opening up. I would love to hear more from you on that though. Yeah, I think that that, that actually leads well into the fifth true feminine trait, which is responding versus reacting. I think if you can be receptive and you're genuinely, you're open and you're curious about the person with whom you're spending the time and you're present in the moment and you're being authentic in how you are expressing your feelings, what you're truly feeling, then that allows you to be responsive versus reacting, which is often the incorporation of a lot of other factors. It's preconceived notions and judgments that are being made on the basis of things that are not actually part of what you are receiving and feeling in the moment. And that responsiveness is one of the things that's the most attractive to men, I think, and is really easy to feel the difference when you experience that. Absolutely. Just like you as a woman, if you're a woman listening to this, my audience is mostly women, but a lot of these go both ways. You want to look for men who are responsive versus reactive. You don't want to be with someone who blames you, shuts down, deflects, gaslights you, all of those things. I actually did a live broadcast yesterday on how to connect deeply with a man's heart so he falls in love. And there's a lot of how-to in that. I share an exercise there and some really specific examples. So you might want to go check that one out if you have trouble with any of these. That is posted on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on my Master Your Magnetism podcast. If you want to go check that out, it's a whole basically live masterclass that will help you with a lot of these. But I love everything you had to say on that. Should we recap these? Or is there anything? Sure. Okay, we'll recap these. Then we'll get to some questions. I see some great questions in the chat. You want me to recap the uh, misconceptions first? Sure. So the five misconceptions that we shared were, first, that feminine energy means letting a man do whatever he wants, that you just have to lean back and wait indefinitely. The second one is that, Feminine energy means being girly or perky or upbeat, something that is not representative of what you truly feel inside. Uh, the third one is that feminine energy means things like nurturing, cooking, cleaning, doing things. The fourth one is that feminine energy means being either weak or passive, like a damsel in distress. And the last of the misconceptions that we shared was that 
you can never initiate with a man because initiating is masculine. That, in fact, is a misconception. The uh, ability to initiate is on its own, not a masculine behavior. Yeah, it's the strategy behind it, right? So should right. I recap the true feminine traits? We didn't sure. discuss how we were going to do this, but I love how, I love that recap. That was very helpful. So the five true feminine qualities or traits that you want to embody, the first one is trusting, trusting yourself that you're not going to stay in a bad situation, trusting that those red flags are going to become apparent to you or trusting that the answers and solutions will present themselves to you and you're going to be available to receive them. This works in all areas of your life, right? Not just in dating and relationships and allowing. So trusting and allowing rather than forcing or controlling the situation, trying to manipulate people and circumstances around you. The second true feminine trait is presence, being in the moment rather than being up in your head, being able to experience the moment while it's happening. Super attractive quality. The third one is receiving, having that open, curious, receptive energy. Because going back to number one, you trust yourself. You trust yourself to get out of there if something doesn't feel right. So you can be open and let the right guy come close to you and see who you really are, which leads to the fourth one, which is authenticity. What you're feeling on the inside is being expressed on the outside through your words and body language. If there's a disconnect there, if there's an incongruence in your energy or in your vibe, men can feel that and it makes them feel like they can't trust you on a deep subconscious level. Just like you would feel maybe a little anxious about being with somebody who is not congruent, where they say everything's fine, but deep down you can tell that there's something going on with them, right? And number five is responding, being responsive versus reacting, having these knee-jerk reactions or blaming a man, making him wrong, just like you want to be with someone who doesn't do that with you. So those are the five myths or misconceptions about feminine energy, plus the five true feminine traits that make you irresistible, especially to the right man. And are we good to take some questions? Sure. All right. That sounds great. We actually have a lot of people in the chat. So let's see. Hi to Vivi, Riley, Tiffany, Jill, everybody. It's so great to have you all joining us. And Sonia's question how to keep a man interested. He's showing up, planning dates, communicating. I don't want to ruin it. Oh, I love that question. I don't think there's anything you need to do to keep the right man interested, but I would love to get a man's perspective on that. Right. I mean, it sounds at least based on the question, like he is at least right now, basically taking the initiative that you would sort of expect. And I don't think there is anything that you should be trying to do. I think a lot of the things that we shared already, the feminine traits that you would want to embody are the things that would keep him interested if he is an empowered masculine man, right? Yeah, so true. We did a live stream on New Year's Eve, actually. <laughs> so at the very beginning of the year on how to keep a man interested in feeling in love, and we were taking apart the myth that you have to constantly have new things all the time and men need a lot of variety or they get bored or look elsewhere. In our experience, that is simply not true, not with the kind of man that you want to be with, right? Is there anything you want to say on that? Right. Like we said earlier, men ultimately will fall in love with who you are, not the things that you do. So if you feel as though it's required that you consistently do things or that you 
you know, have a variety of activity or whatever it is in order to keep him interested, then that indicates that he is really not perhaps seeing who you genuinely are, or there's a disconnect that he may not be interested, you know, in that particular relationship, but in a relationship where, where he is genuinely interested, he'll continue to be so because of who he, who you are and who he's experiencing. I think we had in that live stream used the example of like a massage or something Mm -hmm. that, you know, some things you don't have to keep, you know, spicing up. You don't have to, (laughs) you don't have to generate new ways of performing a a good massage. I mean, a a massage is a a good massage is a good massage. I think if you like, if you like getting massages, which I love, (laughs) Tom gives the most incredible massages. I'm so lucky. I get them whenever I want, but it doesn't have to be different and new every single time, right? So it goes back to what we said, who you are is what is going to make a man fall in love. So don't feel like you have to do things, right? Just fall in love with that urge, that feeling that you have to like constantly do something, just fall in love with it and trust that the right man is going to keep putting in that effort because you're responding and reciprocating, showing interest as well. We have a question about that that we'll get to. And that's all you really need to do. It really doesn't take much for the right man to stay interested. Right. And that's, uh, I think we also shared before too. That's not to say that the things that you do are not important. You clearly do things, but it's the things that you do naturally because they're a, 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 um, an expression of who you are that are the things that allow him to understand who you are. And that's the person that he ultimately will fall in love with. You don't have to strategize about the things that you do. That's such a great point. Yeah. So important. So we're getting a lot more questions, so we'll just keep it moving. But if you have more specific questions about that, let us know. The next one is, I would like to know your stance on moving in with a long-term partner before marriage and waiting for his decision on engagement and marriage. That's a great question. I think it's really individual and specific to what feels good to you and what feels comfortable. The way you worded this question, it sounds like you do want to get engaged and get married. So I would make sure that that is absolutely on the table. And there is a very clear timeline for when all of that would happen before taking that big step. Right. With us, I held on to my place until we were engaged and all that stuff. But there was definitely talks about exactly when we saw all of that happening. It was crystal clear in my mind. I had absolutely no doubt that things were going to move forward because of the conversations we had, the way you we were planning things and everything. So I was never nervous about, oh, maybe I moved in too early or anything like that. And I also kept my place until after we were engaged and all of that was in place. So I could always, if things didn't work out, I could always go back. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think, like you said, the way the question is worded implies that engagement and and marriage is something that's important to this relationship. And I think that, like you said, if that has not at all come up at any point in conversation with any sort of timeline associated with it, and it's, it's all undefined, then that might be a concern. But I think, like you said, it's so individual for each situation. In this particular case, though, it it seems like that's something that you would want to have some sort of discussion about and some sort of an understanding that that's where you both are headed and not an assumption about that 
possibly being somewhere in the future with no definition as to whether or if that'll ever happen or not before you would want to move in together. Yeah. So he asks you to move in. You, he says something like that. You could say it feels incredible that you want to live together. And I'm really looking forward to that. And something you might not know about me is that in order to do that, I really want to get married and settle down one day. And I'm just making this up. You have to <laughs> plug in your own feelings of what's authentic and true to you. And, you know, I'd really love to get married and settle down at some point. And to me, it would feel good to know whether or not we're on the same page in terms of when we see that happening before taking such a big step and moving in together. It's an example of something right. you can say. Okay, great. So Jill asks, what is a healthy balance of investing in a man and allowing him to invest in me? I am careful not to overdo it, but I want to be myself and not worry about it. It's kind of similar to that first question about what keeps a man interested. I think in general, if you are in doubt at all, it's always helpful just to lean back and see what a guy does all on his own without you feeling like you have to constantly jump in there and do things, right? Just catch that urge that you feel you need to do something or this guy's going to lose interest. But I think just showing up and being receptive and embodying some of these traits, saying yes when he asks you out, showing up, being open, curious, giving back when it feels right, I think you're good rather than giving to him because you're up in your head thinking, okay, uh, he took me out three times. So now I need to cook him dinner and having it be a mental or strategic thing. Yeah. It's also not clear from the question, whether this is like an emotional investment versus like a, you know, material investment or something that involves actions or behaviors. I think, you know, you have often talked about you have to be cautious about becoming too quickly emotionally invested in somebody who's not showing you that he is, you know, investing. And I think I think generally people have the ability to feel that out. Um, you have to trust yourself. And like you said, that may mean, you know, stepping back a little bit or, or allowing him some space to see what he does on his own. And that probably will help provide some clarity. Yeah, I think that's great. So our answer to Ella was helpful. Yes. Make sure to come join on Friday. I have a live broadcast on trusting and surrendering and being in the moment, tapping into your intuition. Okay. We have another question. I am in a relationship that started as a friendship and now we are doing romance. Do you have any recommendations to define this new chapter? Uh, that's <laughs> Tom has a big smile on his face. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say on this. I would watch what he does and see if he's investing, see if he's pursuing you. I'm very curious, actually, if you're still here and can type into the chat, was this his idea? Were you friends for a long time and he made a move on you or did you make the move on him? Have you had a crush on him or have you always seen him as a friend and now things are moving in a new direction? You're starting to see him in a whole new way. I'd be curious. But in general, you want to watch what he does, see how that makes you feel. So if he's pursuing you and moving things forward and it feels like dating, that's great, right? If he's not doing those things and it starts to feel weird to you, then we can take a step back or have a conversation with him to get some clarity or see what's going on. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's good advice. Oh, I see a follow-up about um, They've been being, friends. being friends for three months. Three months. Um, I mean, sometimes there's an advantage, I, I think, to having been friends first in the sense that you've gotten to know each other outside of the context of a 
perceived romantic relationship, which means that you may be able to better understand each other without some of the emotional charge that is maybe there in a purely romantic relationship. But if this is like in the advice that you already gave, if it's moving forward and you can assess how you feel and trust that that is going to guide you in the right direction, then, you know, you can kind of see how he proceeds with the the relationship. And if that's moving in the right direction, then, you know, there's not necessarily a lot of doing that needs to happen. I mean, the conversation should be kind of bounding what you find to be a good progression for the the two of you. Yeah. Tiffany chimed in in the chat. She says, it's always nice to start a relationship from a friendship. It has a strong base. Yeah. I mean, the man has to feel it for you romantically. He does have to be physically and emotionally attracted to you for this thing to really last. We've talked about this before. We feel like we are each other's best friends. And I think you've even said something like you something about me being the best friend you've ever had in terms of a friendship, in terms of being there for you and supportive. Is there anything you want to say on that? It's important, but I think the man also has to feel it for you. So she says, it feels like friends who love each other. What should the conversation be like? Yes. You want to make sure it's not one-sided. You want to make sure he is treating you like someone he actually wants to date. Let us know if there's any more details you want to share, but we'll just move on to the next question for now for the sake of time. So Jill asks, how to process my feelings and not react when I'm feeling triggered? I don't want to avoid my feelings, but I don't want to attack either. Yeah, that's kind of what we were talking about in number five, responding versus reacting. Like I mentioned, I did a whole live broadcast. It was basically like a masterclass on how to connect with a man's heart so he falls in love. The replay of that is available now on my Master Your Magnetism podcast on Spotify and Apple, I think that might be helpful just to review because I go a lot more in depth in it. But I think just processing your feelings, like maybe just taking it one at a time. What am I feeling right now? If you're feeling angry, usually that's a cover for another emotion, like you feel hurt or you feel deeply disappointed or devastated. So if you can get to that deeper feeling and express that, that will be really helpful rather than reacting like, you know, I can't believe you said that right now. You're such a jerk, right? It's difficult to do in the moment, but anger is usually a, and you don't mention anger here, but just in general, it's usually a secondary emotion because there's something deeper you're feeling like hurt or shame or guilt or disappointment or something like that. Do you have any thoughts on this one? The point that we made about responding versus reacting, it shouldn't be confused with one being associated with concealing or repressing your your emotions versus the other. You, in fact, in responding, do need to be true to your emotions. Suppressing your emotions to avoid being reactive is not really the right approach. You, You want to be able to assess your emotions and hopefully have a, as you said, get to the point where you understand the the basis for the, the underlying emotions and have a conversation about why you feel the way that you do, which is a responsive type of conversation in the moment. It may not be able to be had in that very moment. I was moment. just going to yeah. say that. You literally read my mind. I would say, if you don't know what you're feeling, if you need time to process your feelings, because a lot of times you have an argument, then later you're like, oh, I should have said that. You know, <laughs> it could be in any area of life. You could say, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. You're, I'm feeling a little numb. I'm feeling triggered. I don't want to say the wrong thing. 
would it be all right with you if I take 30 minutes, go take a walk, take a nap, cool off, and can we come back to this conversation later? And the right guy is going to say absolutely, right? Right, right. Yeah, that might be helpful, just something you can say, because this is hard. I mean, nobody is great at this. We are not perfect with this, or, you know, haven't been. Nobody's perfect with this all of the time. So it's just trusting yourself. If you need to take a break from the conversation so you can process your feelings, Hopefully that will help. Oh, she just wrote in. Great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad that was helpful. Okay. Riley asks, how can I encourage a friend in a bad relationship to realize they deserve better and not to stay just because it's comfortable? (laughs) I had a conversation with a family member this afternoon. I haven't even told you yet. (laughs) Trying to do exactly that. I mean, my first thought is it it has to be their own decision, almost like someone with an addiction or something. They have to hit their own rock bottom moment. So you might just be wasting your breath, but do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah. I mean, you and I have talked about this very question with regards to to people in our own lives sometimes. And it it is difficult because you see somebody who, from an objective perspective that you may have, seems like they are making the wrong choices. And it's, it's hard to not want to help guide that person. But I think those decisions have to come from within. And sometimes it's difficult to, through your words, convince somebody of those things that they have to actually feel inside and recognize internally to be able to make a different decision, basically. I think everyone has probably had the experience themselves where you're given advice and you don't follow it in the moment because you don't see the value in it or you disagree and you come to find later that it was good advice, but you have to get to that place where you're able to receive it basically and and process it. And sometimes that only occurs actually after you have had some experience. Hopefully you don't have to hit rock bottom or something, but Mm -hmm. there are cases where it takes something occurring in your life where you suddenly have that wake up call. Yeah, that's great advice. Uh, Riley says, can you do a live topic on why people stay in bad relationships? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the suggestion. I think it goes along with why we attract the wrong people. So that might be a good joint topic, right? How to stop attracting the wrong people or get out of the wrong relationship. I can definitely do that. Maybe sometime next week, that would actually be a really good one, but it'll probably be titled something like stop attracting the wrong men because those things really go hand in hand. Okay, we got another question. How do I know when to call him? Do I just say, I love it when we call <laughs> and wait, or do I just call? So I think this is on the, the person who's with just friend. his friend uh-huh. with the guy. Okay, right. let's see what else did she but, say. He is attracted to her. She says, yeah. I want to go on dates and romantic things, but we haven't done that as friends. What should that look like? Okay, so it sounds yeah. like you truly are just friends. Well, this- on the question of the... Uh, phone calls that specifically I think you and I have talked about before that when we were first dating and obviously that was in the context of a romantic relationship in that case but I think the advice applies no matter the type of relationship you expressed to me that it felt good to you when you saw my name come up on your phone and being that I was interested in you and pursuing you that that indicated to me that that was something that I should continue to do, not because you were mandating it or or anything, but because I knew that it felt good to you and was genuinely enjoyed by both of us. So I think when you're trying to express things that you 
would like out of a relationship, that's a good way to do it, expressing something, uh, how something feels to you Mm -hmm. genuinely. Yeah. And I think saying that, I didn't even know what I was doing at the time. I wasn't trying to get him to call me more. Do you feel the difference? How do I get him to call me more? What do I say? Or do I just wait very up in your head, kind of strategic? How do I get this result? I was never trying to get you to call me more because the truth is I was happy with the way you were pursuing me and moving things forward. But after I said that, I remember you started calling me every single night on the nights we didn't see each other in our early stages of dating. I was simply just expressing. He would call and I would say, oh, it felt so great to see your name pop up on my phone or it feels great to hear your voice. I really missed talking to you on nights we don't see each other. So I think the key is I wasn't trying to make him do something. I was simply expressing how it felt when he did call. So if he's doing something that you like, let him know how good that feels. That'll be really helpful. And in terms of this second part to the question, I want to go on dates and romantic things, but we haven't done that as friends. What should that look like? I mean, you want to make sure that this is something he's interested in as well, right? She says he's attracted to her. So, I mean, I think saying something like it would, you know, I would love for a guy like you to ask me out sometime. Just being really straightforward, right? If you're not attached to the outcome, you can say something like that. Yeah, it would feel great for a guy like you to ask me out. And see what he does. Like give him one clear indicator of your interest and allow him to step up or not. What you don't want to do is just keep hinting around and like trying to move things along. That's the feeling I'm getting from these questions. But what do you think? Yeah, I think you have a good assessment. I think that it kind of goes back to the whole underlying principles of feminine uh, energy that we've been expressing that if you are expressing straight in a straightforward way what you are feeling genuinely and you're unattached to the outcome of that you're you're not going to make any mistakes really in what you convey that those are exactly the things that you you would want to convey and then you will observe the results of that and that will kind of guide where things go from there Perfect. I love it. Okay. I believe that was the last question. Thank you so much for saying hi in the chat too. We love you too. This is so much fun. I'm so happy to have all of you here. I'm going to be here every day this week. So make sure on the Bullhorn app to go to the homepage. You can look at the top and click on remind me for all of my different live broadcasts. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcasts, you're listening to the replay of this because you can't go live on Spotify or Apple, obviously at this time. So you'll have to download the Bullhorn app. I'll include a link to that in the episode details. It'll be the first link in the description of this episode. And right under that, I'll put a link to Feminine Enchantment. Or if you're listening to this, you can just go to feminineenchantment.com and get your personal questions answered by my top coaches in a private online forum. It's on trial for $1 right now. You can also get my whole feminine enchantment system. It comes with it, access to the goddess club. And again, get your personal questions answered. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We'll definitely do this again soon. Thank you guys so much and have a great night. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.